Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. Hey, friends, this is Recording Suge Burry, in progress. and you would not believe where I am today. John, do you know where I am? Where are you, Suge? Where in the world is Sugbury? <laughs> I am traveling in my RV, and I tell you, we're not roughing it in this puppy. I'm and jealous. we decided to sell everything, go across the country, meet interesting people, interview people along the way. And today I'm sitting right now in Florida, and it is gorgeous out. As a matter of fact, I wanted to do the show outside so you can see the beautiful palm trees. And we're on YouTube, friends, so look us up over there so you can listen and look at our hosts as well and guests. Uh, but I'm in Florida, in Naples, Florida. We're going to be parked here for a while, and I've already met a ton of super cool people I want to interview on the show. So stay with me, friends, because God is working in America. And that leads me to my next guest that I have today. I have Dr. Morgan Cutlip. It's spelled (laughs) C-U-T-L-I-P. And where did I meet her? I met her through her father, uh, Dr. John Van Epp, and he wrote a great book called... uh, how to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. And we already did the show. It's part one and part two. Look it up on him for her uh, radio, Women's Hot Topics. And as I got talking with her daughter, his daughter, uh, Dr. Cutlip, we started talking about all of the wonderful topics we could still cover. <laughs> and that's what brings us here today. I have Dr. Morgan with me, and thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You guys got to come to YouTube because she is like so adorable. She's so (laughs) cute. I'm so thankful. I only invite good looking guests on the show. So (laughs) I'm just glad you joined us. Uh, But let me tell you, friends, a little bit about her. Dr. Morgan Cutlip is a wife, a mom to two spirited kiddos. She has a PhD in psychology and an advocate and lifelong lover of all things relationships. Her work centers around creative content. I'm sorry, her work centers around creative content development for my love thanks. Dr. Cutlip has a particular passion for helping her generation of millennials find love, happiness, and longevity in their relationship. Hey, kids, are you guys listening? Because I think you could could benefit from some of the information on this show. She has conducted award-winning research on Love Thinks course, Head Meets Heart, and completed a study on the high divorce rate of female soldiers. That would be an amazing story right there about the female soldiers. What's going on with that? Dr. Cutlip has created content and courses for At Flow Tracker, the number one app in health and fitness, and was featured relationship expert in none only than the Teen Vogue magazine. <laughs> Welcome so much for coming on the show. Oh, so good to be here. So, Dr. Morgan, as we were talking and as I was doing more research about you, you have got just an amazing uh website, My Love Thanks. Uh, friends, I want you guys to go to that, mylovethanks.com. Uh, there's a blog on there as well. You can see her and her dad, 
they they co-work together mm-hmm. uh, in the relationship matters world. We talked about that on our other show that we they did together. And I think that it's really important that you know that she has a whole variety of topics that she addresses not only on Instagram, but as well on uh, her blog. And she shares all sorts of things. And we're going to start just right off of the top with relationship after kids. Now, (laughs) you know, you guys are like relationship experts, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, you know, whatever that looks like. Uh, But we're going to jump a little bit into um, relationship after kids. And it doesn't mean your kids have moved out of the house. It means that you were with your lover and things were totally different than they are now after you have children in the house. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about that if I can. Uh, What are some of the most common issues that you've seen, Dr. Morgan, uh, about people after they've had kids? Yeah. So, okay. So we'll start kind of big picture. So they've been researching what happens to relationships after kids for a very long time and specifically marriages after kids. And most of the research so far has been on heterosexual couples. So that's what I'm going to be speaking to, but um, what they have found, which is kind of the, the bad news part, all right, of what I'm about to share is that after kids, traditionally relationship satisfaction takes a little bit of a dip. And this goes on, it's a pretty broad range, anywhere from the first 15 months after kids to the first four years, and then it kind of starts to level out. But when you look at a couple, the reasons why their satisfaction goes down, it's different for men and for women. So for men, it typically has to do with financial pressures and a change in sex life. For women, it has to do with a loss of freedom and a change in their responsibilities. So when I've kind of looked at the research on relationship after kids and kind of dug into it a little bit more, I narrowed it down to four major breakdowns that can occur in a relationship after kids. So the first is that um, there are these unmet expectations that really require deeper exploration. So we bring sort of these expectations into relationships, but then after kids, um, there are just new ones that were never unearthed that rise to the surface that kind of get in the, get in the way. The second is that there's an increase in responsibilities, which requires negotiation among partners. The third is that there's usually a decrease in intimacy, there's a change, at least there's a change usually in your sexual relationship and your physical relationship. And this requires more connection. And then the last is that there's often these kind of hidden resentments, which can be an accumulation of the first three, but these hidden resentments that start to kind of come out that require some rebuilding and reconciliation. Do you think that some of the resentment part, is that more a female or a male thing? I think it can go both ways. I'd say if I had to take a stab at where that really is focused, I'd say it's more female thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear, I, I think that, you know, it's funny. I, there's a, something I talk about on my Instagram called the sexual standoff. And I think this can occur a lot uh, in relationships after kids where a lot of times overnight, the amount of responsibilities that women sort of pile on to their plate, um, it increases so intensely after kids. And so they kind of enter this new world of, of my day looks different, my time looks different, um, how I get to spend my energy, how productive I feel, all that I have to get accomplished. It's different almost 
overnight. And, and their partners, oftentimes, their world doesn't, it changes, of course. Absolutely, it changes, but not to the same degree. And so they start to feel very disconnected. And I think that a lot of times women, when they're not um, getting maybe as much help as they were expecting or they're desiring, um, start to develop some resentment. And who feels in the mood? Um when you're feeling resentful. And so that trickles into lots of areas of the relationship, but especially the sexual. And then a lot of times their partners are frustrated that they're not really as engaged in the sexual relationship as they were. And this sort of um, results in this kind of like, I'll meet your needs when you meet mine, which is what I call the sexual standoff. And so this can be a really tough spot that couples find themselves in. Dr. Cutlip, I got to say, you hit that right on the head. Uh, you know, my kids are already in their mid to late 30s. So it's, you know, it didn't happen yesterday for us, but it's still fresh in my mind. And I yeah. speak to a lot of women as well, uh, millennials particularly, that, um, you know, are having babies and they've got families. And they, my husband doesn't get me anymore because now yeah. we're on opposite ends of the page and I do all the work and I'm exhausted. And he comes home from work and work looks like a vacation. And, uh, you know, when he comes home, then he wants to have sex. And that's like the last thing I want to have. So what do you tell those people? <laughs> well, a few things. I mean, one is when I talked about these separate worlds, this becomes really a big part of the problem, like what you're just describing of he's at work. He doesn't even know what's going on with me. And I got all this stuff going on during the day and he doesn't even get it. So part of it is finding ways to kind of bring your worlds together, getting in each other's worlds, especially um, partners getting in the, the mom's world if, if she's home. So that's one piece of it. And there's lots of ways to do that, you know, through conversation, through time together, through participating, participating in, in the childcare. You know, there's a study that was done that said that mothers um, who involved their partners or partners who got involved earlier on, like right away in the parenting process, these mothers had a much easier transition to motherhood. And I think it's, it's important that we make space um, for them to do that and encourage our partners to do that. The other thing um about the sexual standoff is that somebody has to go first. I mean, somebody really does have to sort of step into giving before they're getting. And the reality of these things is that in, in all areas of relationships is that when you give, you usually ultimately get, and that's not why you should give, but we need to understand that, you know, having a little bit of humility, um, trying to see our partners in the best light possible um, and stepping into their world and, and giving to our to them usually um, softens things and makes them more likely to come back and give give to us as well. You know, I noticed on one of your podcasts, you talked about, and I don't know if this is um, the right direction to go in, but you talked about scheduling sex. Would yeah. you agree that that's important? So people have like such big reactions to this, which is really funny to me. So I think so in an ideal world, okay, you want to have this balance between spontaneity and scheduling, like somewhere in there. But sometimes if it's not happening, scheduling is a really good way to kind of get over that sort of sexual slump, if you want to call it. So, and it's helpful for a number of reasons. One, if you schedule it, it allows for this sort of anticipation to build. 
um, sometimes people are just kind of, I mean, we're not talking about, we could do a whole episode on sex, but <laughs> there's, that's um, our next one. Hang yeah, on. I mean, that's our next one. <laughs> um, some people need more time to kind of work themselves up and into the mood and kind of get into like this sort of sexy state of mind. So having this ability to anticipate can be incredibly helpful. Um, another thing is that sometimes um, when you haven't engaged in a sexual relationship for a long time, it becomes really scary to initiate. You know, the partner who's been turned down is like, I don't want to initiate anymore. And the other partner maybe was just never very good at it anyway. And this is really common. This is normal stuff. This isn't like, you know, you're not, you're not strange if this is going on in your life. But when you schedule it, it, um, it takes the pressure off. It's like, this is when we're doing it. Um, we don't need to worry about who's initiating. This is just happening. So it can be helpful in that way too. And to just getting in a better rhythm for the sexual relationship when it's been a while. Now, friends, if you're just tuning in, this is, you know, I don't even know how to say it. We're not just talking about sex. We're talking about (laughs) about relationships after kids. Um, And, you know, where are you at in your marriage after you have kids and some of the issues that come up? And I'm here with the expert on this for the millennials of this world, which is Dr. Morgan Cutlip. Uh, You can find her on My Love Thinks. Uh, I really encourage you to go to her site. She's got so much. I mean, her Instagram is amazing as well. Please go on her Instagram as well. Uh, And you can see some of these things. She talked about a sexual standoff. She talks about somebody's got to give first. And then now we just talked about, you know, how important it is to schedule. Because we can get so wrapped up in our schedules, in our world, that we kind of separate ourselves from our spouses. And, uh, you know, that time passes. Mm -hmm. Now, this this is what I remember way back. Now, my husband and I have been together for 46 years. I had to think about that for a minute. And I remember my mom sitting me down after we had a little tiff, my husband and I, Mm -hmm. and uh, my mom sat me down and she says, honey, you just, you just provide for your husband anytime he needs it or asks for it. It's the best Mm -hmm. thing for your marriage. And I'm looking at her, you know, from back in the fifties going, mom, you gotta be kidding. You know, I've been with (laughs) the kids all day, working hard, et cetera. But friends, I got to tell you, she was right. And, <laughs> and I know we're getting pretty honest and open about this conversation. But even in scripture, it talks about do not withhold from your husband because it gives the enemy a foothold. Uh, mm-hmm. And so as we're talking about this, we got to be upfront about relationships and where that goes. Um, so tell me, if you would, just for a little bit, where does mental load come into all of this? Yeah, so I think there's one big picture thing I kind of want to say about marriage after kids before we run out of time. Are you oh, okay sure. if I do that? Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, something, if, you, if we're going to have like one takeaway about marriage after kids, I think that it should be that couples need a plan. And I, I feel like, you know, before children, everything is kind of fun um, and like an adventure. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we have to move across the country. Fun adventure for us. Let's do this. Or we're, you know, job change. This is an adventure. Spontaneity and this sort of spirit before kids is much easier to embrace. But after kids, these things become more stressful. And life just has this way, good things and bad things, of disrupting our relationships and kids is the prime example. And one of the best things you can do, whether um, you're getting ready to have kids or even if you've already had kids, is to kind of take a step back and talk about what is our plan for connecting with one one another, whether it's around the mental load, which I know we'll talk about, or it's about resent, you know, preventing resentments, or whether it's about our sexual relationship, what's our plan for connecting when the inevitable disconnection starts to occur. And I think so that's you're sitting down and you're actually making a list of yes. ideas. 
Yes, talk. I think that couples should have meetings. We talk about this in our courses. Um, the couple should have meetings where they come together and they just do a check-in on their relationship. 20 minutes or less. It doesn't need to be a big deal, but to keep on top of stuff. Because what often happens, especially after kids, is that a couple, and, and this is big in the millennial generation, which tends to value parenting more than partnering, okay? And so what can happen is that over time, these little sort of ruptures, whether it's sexual, whether it's mental load, whether it's development of resentment, if you're not touching base with your partner, they exist below the surface and they start to erode the closeness of your relationship. Fast forward 18 years, if you don't stay on top of this, you end up looking at each other when the kids leave the nest and you're like, we don't even know each other anymore. And so staying on top of this stuff before it starts to to just like chip away at your relationship is one of the most important things you can do to safeguard your relationship after kids. And, you know, I can hear the women right now in my head that are saying, well, I can't get my husband to participate. You know, I can't get him involved in this conversation. What recommendations would you have for that? So in the general conversation, I I, I see. So I hear this. I hear this. But I also hear a lot of times that um, maybe it's not being asserted strongly enough. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly what's going on. So I think that if you were to sit down and say, listen, I don't feel connected to you. I feel like we're growing apart. I miss the us before kids. I would find it hard to believe that there are, the majority of partners wouldn't be compelled to be like, let's do something about this. I miss you too. I think, you know, there's this sort of, old school stereotype that men feel like the attention's taken from them, them and given to the kids. But there is maybe some reality to that. Things shift and it's not easy on either partner. And so saying, you know, I miss us. I want to I want to come up with a plan to stay connected better. I want to come up with a plan. So I actually feel like, you know, in the mood sometimes. Um, but right now I'm just feeling alone and frustrated and starting to get resentful. I, I think having a direct and honest conversation is a really good start. Mm-hmm. These are all great tips as well. Um, I, I loved on your uh, podcast and some of your uh, Instagram where you, you talked about watching your husband play with the kids and, mm. you know, being there and being <laughs> present and being together. Yeah. And it's sometimes it feels like, you know, both of you, husband and wife, uh, and the kids are against you, you know, and that you're a team. <laughs> and that glance that you give across the room mm-hmm. that connects you guys uh, to know that you're on the same team together. Yeah, I actually love those moments with, between my husband and I where like the kids will be going crazy or having a fit and we can look at each other and kind of roll our eyes and not like <laughs> we love our children, but to feel united as a couple feels good. And so it's, it's important to cultivate those moments together. And do you have a place that our listeners can go to um, that they can take a course or that they can learn more information about how to grow deeper in their relationship? Yeah, so I actually have a whole, I did a webinar on this topic about marriage after kids, and um, it's pre-recorded. It's really inexpensive, but you can find that on mylovethinks.com. And I go through those four areas I outlined in the beginning. I go pretty deep into each of those four areas. And can you review those for us again, just bullet point? Sure. Yeah, the number one, unmet expectations requires exploration. Number two, increased responsibilities requires negotiation. Number three, decreased intimacy requires connection. And number four, hidden resentments require (laughs) reconciliation. Oh, those are great points, especially when we're talking on the subject. Uh, We're going to have a part two, friends, so I want you guys to tune in. We're going to talk a little bit more about the mental load. We're going to get a little bit deeper into it. But before we part... 
uh, one of my favorite things that you had on there that I'm going to use in my old age and, and in my mature marriage is you had conversation starters. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I flipped through some of the questions, which were really great questions. Can you just talk to that for just a minute? Oh, I can never. People ask me for these and I'm like, I can't remember what questions I wrote. But um, yes, I have actually on my Instagram feed, I have lots of different posts that offer up conversation starters. Um, and so you can find those there. I think, you know, something that we kind of get in a rut in is just sort of like, how was your day type of thing? Um, and that's a closed question. It doesn't always, unless we have a chatty partner, um, my, my husband can ask me that and I'll talk for 20 minutes. I ask him that and the answer is fine. So, um, you know, finding different ways to phrase questions um, that cultivate a deeper conversation because we have to stay in the know with our partners to really kind of get in their world um, and foster that connection. You know, I thought some of the questions were awesome because they're fresh in my mind because I, I was looking at them. I think one was, um, if money was no object, what, how would you spend your life? Uh, yeah. You know, I, and these are questions where you guys can sit down and you can visit or the kids are in bed. And that's one thing my husband and I always did every night is the kids would go to bed and we would sit and uh, just catch up with each other for just a short amount of time that night. You know, how, you know, my question was, how was your day or, or what things happened? But yeah. he didn't want to talk about work all the time because he's been there all day. And that's one of the last things he wants to hash back up again. So exactly. these questions were really fun and uh, I enjoyed them. Yeah, I pulled them up so I can read a couple if you'd like. Okay, but I, I like, yeah, I like that what you're talking about too, which I think is really cool is that you and your husband had this ritual, right? This like ritual time mm-hmm. to connect and come together. And it's great if, if couples can kind of build that into the rhythm of their day. Um, I remember listening to a pretty famous author. Now I can't remember who it was who said, you know, at a certain time of day, him and his wife went in his office, shut the door and kids could bang their hearts out, but they were not opening that door. They were and they're talking together. And so I think it's important to do that. Um, I have one that's like about what your favorite concert you've ever seen. If you could see a band in concert, dead or alive, who that would be. Um, what's something you feel like I don't actually know about you, which I think we think that we kind of are married for a while and know everything, but there is just sort of like never ending horizon point when it comes to knowing. Um, what's been the best thing that's happened this week? Tell me about it. The money one, I think that's a fun one. If money weren't an issue, what would you do with your time? What do you miss most about our relationship before kids? And what has been your favorite date together? Mm, I love that. Favorite date. That's a tough one. Usually they're the simpler things and the more complicated ones for sure. It's so true. So how long have you and your husband been married? We've been married 13 years. And you've got two kids. Two kids, eight and six. Yes. Eight and six, two boys. Is that right? No, our daughter is eight and our son is six. Oh, a girl and a boy. Oh, yes. Oh, that'll keep you busy. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much the same age gap that we have between our yeah. two kids as well. It's just it's, such a blessing. Such a blessing. Let me ask you this question about millennials, if I can. Yeah. Um, what do you see makes millennials um, unique than other generations? Mm. I know it's a lot of things. I think... Um, millennials kind of do parenting differently than a lot of generations where there's, I feel like um, in even my parents' generation, there was sort of like a, like kind of everybody had similar things about how they parented or there were widely accepted um, sort of approaches. But the millennial generation is all about doing things uniquely. Um, From the research I've read, millennial generations 
really kind of like part of their core identity is being a parent. And I think this is a big one here because when part of your core identity is being a parent, there's then a lot of pressure put on how you parent. And I think millennials feel that coupled with how much information we have access to that sends a lot of mixed signals. So we're parenting in different times um, and it's coming out in how we do how we do parenthood for sure. And I think the way they communicate as well makes a big impact. I mean, it's such a digital world today, um, not just in relationships with their spouses, but relationships with friends and other people and communicating. Um, And, you know, we just need to catch up and uh, figure that out and know how we can speak to them, uh, especially in Christ and, and what we can do to come alongside and support millennial parents as well. Uh, So it really makes a huge impact. Um, So how can we be praying for you, particularly uh, in your family and your ministry? Mm, Thank you for that. Um, Well, I'm actually working on pitching a book to publishers right now. So you can pray for that, that that goes well. Um, And what's the book going to be about? It's about motherhood. It's about how to not lose yourself. Well, the, the working title is love your kids without losing yourself. So Hopefully that goes well and pray for my, um, how I kind of balance motherhood and being a wife while taking on more responsibilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so blessed that you came on. (laughs) Dr. Morgan Cutlip, and you can please find her at mylovethinks.org. And you'll see her blog. You'll see all of her posts. Go find her on Instagram as well, friends. But while you're on, would you go to Him for Her Ministries? Click that donate button so we can continue to bring these great shows to you. This is a listener-supported show. My name is Sugbury. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies, this is Sugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Suge Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.